execute order 66 because this is our 66th episode of scuba and the rye oh wow oh, wow as long yeah. as you're not one of them <laughs> uh lightsaber wielding people you might still be alive well you know yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you want to <laughs> execute i just execute. realized that this is great execute order 66 so we're the 66th episode we, we just got to hit the road jack <laughs> And let's go on the oh, 60, 60, 60, 60. Podine, welcome, welcome. So many familiar faces. Edward Longleaf, what's up? Rob Smith, how you doing? How welcome. you doing? Welcome. Great things. Many people. Thank you for the bits. Zip. Gotta love it with the bits. All right. <laughs> Gift from the tricksters. Blessing of the players. Oh, yes. Very nice. Very nice. Very nice. So, got that one. Save the other ones for the game stream. Sounds like a plan. Yeah, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It's a Tuesday night. It's always fun. I've got a new microphone. And it, uh, hopefully it sounds as cool as I hope it does. Hopefully. <laughs> Can only hope. Well, I picked up one of the new Elgato Wave 1s. Because, you know, the Wave 3s are, like, forever hard to find. And... Uh, got, that came in the mail today, so I set that up. I was actually quite impressed with this. So, it actually... Because all the other microphones, they give me this little, like, short, little, like, two-foot cord. This one, it's like a full, almost six foot plus long cord. So, USB 3 plug on the back. Gotta love that. USB 3. Yeah. Thank you, Sakura. That was a intense session tonight, wasn't it? <laughs> I caught the latter half of that from sitting over here, and it was some funness over on that screen. That deep. Awesome. Yeah, it was, it's been a day. <laughs> You're right now, Mike. Now he doesn't have to keep his face. He's, he he is now permanently going to have these this the blue snowball I've had for years at this point because I picked up because it was trying to work out how we could do this. Yep, now you can see the uh, face and the googly eyes. Well, hopefully the evening will go better. We're going to sit back. We're going to chill. We're going to hang out. Because that's what we do with here. We talk about movies, games, for all you guys who haven't seen, hung out with us before. Uh, we talk about movies, games, D&D stuff, and then, you know, some random internet stories. And tonight's edition is all animal themed. So if you like the animals and the animals, uh, stick around. It should be loads of fun. It will be some interesting talk about the animals, odds and ends. But yeah, so with that, uh, I guess we can get into a couple of uh, quick announcements. Uh, first off is a thank you to Sirenscape uh, for all of the background music and soundboards. This is actually a custom set I created just for Scuba and the Rye. Uh, mainly just kind of chill hangout type music as if we're hanging out in a tavern or a city. Um, so got to give a shout out and a thank you to them. I uh, also want to give a sh point out that if you look here at the top, 
Uh, our extra life, we reached another milestone, so now we are uh, over the $2,000 mark, moving our way to the $5,000 mark. Hopefully we can get to it before the end of the year. If not, it's always for the kids, and all help is great help. I uh, want to point out that uh, if you're... Look, scroll down the, uh, if you're here on, you're here on Twitch, obviously, if you can, scroll down to the panels area, you'll see a panel that says D&D &D Viewer Interactions. I took some inspiration for a list of things that can happen during our D&D &D streams. Uh, for that, you could either click on the support uh, banner, which will allow you to send tips directly, or you could cheer bits and uh, influence how the game goes. Also, if you're, if you, depending on the situation, if you scroll over here in the chat and click on where the channel, where the bubbles are for the channel points, you'll see that list is huge with all kinds of new things you can do uh, for various uh, channel point amounts. Most of them are focused for the D&D streams. Uh, some of them are for just in general. So feel free to check some of those things out. Hopefully we can increase our viewer interaction and have some fun. And I'm sure the party's probably going to strangle me after this. Maybe. Maybe not. <laughs> can only hope. Good things. Well, I showed the part. Well, I showed one of the games the list. They got their opinions on. Yep, both parties will be affected by it. Any D&D game I run will be affected by that going forward. <laughs> uh, so yeah loads of fun um also want to point out that had our mod only game uh one shot on sunday we decided to stream that it was a barrel of fun and then some it was also rise uh first time playing D, &D. Yes, so hopefully he had a good time and gotta get that position i'd lean too close and my mic starts going all red Sorry, I don't mean to bust your eardrums. Boom. Jackalock. Yeah. <laughs> I want the otter's player sheet. Uh, the otter. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of cool. Um, but yeah, that was a lot of fun. We made that a follower, subscriber only kind of chat because this was for uh, the moderators. Yeah. Uh, for this channel and a couple and some special contributors. Um, it. Hopefully it was it was enjoyable. It's up on VOD if you want to watch it. And I'm going to try and get it up onto YouTube, hopefully within the next week or so. Uh, yeah, I think that's it for my announcements. Yep, so many body slams. WWE and D&D. &D. So, uh, that image in my head will never go away. <laughs> it shouldn't. Yeah, it doesn't. It Eating won't. a wolf across a cavern. I mean... Why not? <laughs> Steady the crossbow. Oh, wait, no. No, no, we, we're not going to talk about that. We're going to find a way to resolve that for next time. That's all. That's as far as we're going to go. You're, uh, that's a good point. Did any character die during the session? No, they all made it back. Frozen, a little worn out, but they all made it back. <laughs> yes <laughs> one of the characters would sit, sat there is like you know what I would have picked the wolf up and throw him make a strength check he succeeded alright I throw it okay roll improvised weapon roll your dexter roll your attack uh, add your dexterity modifier he hit 
He, I mean, <laughs> cue in uh, Jim Ross with the commentary. <laughs> I mean, it was great. It was absolutely great. Body slams, headbutts, <laughs> uh, <laughs> spinning pile drivers at a Street Fighter. I mean, yeah, that's D and D. Anyways, all right. So, <laughs> yeah, Mayflower did good. There. <laughs> Um, so, Rai, uh, what have you been doing aside from, uh, hanging out with us for the, uh, game on Sunday? How's your week been going? Oh, it's been going good. Um, so, which I've I told you off air, transitioning to a new, new team, so I'll be in training for a few months with that. Um, a full trainer role, which I have been trying to get into for a minute. Uh, so that's a good thing. Uh, heaviness on the grad school and looking over um, the syllabus for the next couple weeks is going to get even more heavy but I'm ready uh, other than the, the Sunday game um, I went over to our my, my favorite brewery farmhouse brewery um, thinking it was the second anniversary celebration but there was a celebration going on because it was Oktoberfest so my mistake turned into glory with a bunch of German food people dancing and drinking and whatnots and then did a little bit of top golf Saturday night. Um, that was fun. Um, other than that, nothing else going on. Um, just trying to make my way through the week and not uh, tire myself out too much. Um, yeah, enjoying the nice, cool weather because it's a good. There's no humidity. The sun's still out there. Great day to go running. Yeah, today was an absolutely beautiful weather day. So hey, October. Yep, Oktoberfest, people. Um, you can find a picture of me with a beer in my hand and my mask on my face because even though it's outside, there's still a lot of people. Got to protect yourself. Yep, even you if you're even if you're a woohoo. <laughs> yeah, Oktoberfest, all the fun things, plus it's the greatest month of the year cuz Halloween is at the end of the month. Oh yeah, I have seen uh, lots of candy in the grocery store and yeah. I'm a wait till the day after Halloween cuz that'll be all on sale. So yeah, and not to mention, of course, the mo the second most important thing for this month is the Mandalorian season two comes out the day before Halloween. So exactly, yeah. I am ready for that. Alrighty, so uh, obviously been doing some this stuff, mainly D and D, D and D, D and D, and more D and D. Uh, all kinds of games, all kinds of fun. Um, did the first episode of Sunday with Scoob. Uh, I might shift that time slot slightly. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Okay. But, yeah. That should be fun. Um, <laughs> shifted just slightly, a couple hours in, you know, that kind of deal. We'll, we'll see how it goes. Um, and, may, and, of course, working on this stuff, because now we're in October, want to change things up, want to keep things moving and growing and evolving. West Coasters want to shift, please. Okay, West Coasters, what do you suggest? 10, 10 a.m. Eastern time on Sunday, or uh, make it a little later? See what we can do with that. We gotta teach Mayflower how to do polls. That way she could toss Wait, a poll. what? Harley Girl? Go get that Disney Plus subscription and watch it. It's not that too many episodes. Oh no, it's great. It's such a great show. That's a great show. Anyways, um, so yeah. Noon <laughs> Pacific. I'm sorry, I can't go that late on a Sunday. I got people who typically come over three weekends a month to play D&D. &D. 
This is supposed to be the morning coffee show. Coffee. Want to in Star Wars? It's okay. I'm, I I do both. I go both ways. Trek and Wherever Star Wars. Wherever the story is, I go. Yes. That's <laughs> uh, okay, Mayflower. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll sit and chat with you. I'm still learning those too. But that's okay. We will make the most of it. Alrighty. Um, so I guess with that, we're just cruising right in. So let's go ahead and do our reviews because we got an interesting movie to talk about this week. Interesting indeed. Beep, 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 beep. Boop, 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 this week, we are going to talk about Chemical Hearts. Uh, it's a rom-com, coming-of-age kind of story that was on Amazon Prime. Yes, sir. I checked this out today. I was actually quite impressed with it. Um, oh, really? So we get another Scoop in the Rye talks the movies. I, I thought it was good. I liked it. But I'll let you tell us more about it. All right. Well, Chemical Hearts is an Amazon original film available on Amazon Prime. Um, and it uh, focuses on a uh, high school senior by the name of Henry Page, played by Austin Abrams. He's heading into his senior year, and he kind of sees himself as a, as a romantic because he's a writer. Um, he's also the editor for the school newspaper. And the funny thing is, is even though he sees him as a romantic, uh, he's never had a relationship. That kind of all changes in his senior year where um, fate leads him into meeting a girl by the name of Grace Town, who's played by uh, Lily Reinhardt. Um, as they meet, uh, they kind of just embark on this last year of high school together in uh, an up and down kind of relationship. And they kind of find out their true selves um, it through their own, um, own relationship and their own past. So... As uh, as Scoob mentioned, this is a, a a typical like coming of age rom romantic comedy kind of film. It focuses mostly on a, on a teenage romance. So you've if you've seen any kind of like coming of age teenage romance kind of film, think of um, the perks with being Wallflower, um, Paper Paper Hearts, um, or not not Paper Hearts, but is it? Oh, anyways, Perks with Being a Wallflower is the only one that comes to mind when I think about this movie. Um, and there's some other coming-of-age stories out there that you might think of, Dazed and Confused. So any kind of movie that surrounds that high school kind of uh, romance, that's what this film focuses on. Um, the one plus side I, I could give this film is that it actually focuses on strong character development. Um, the direction of this film is focused on Henry Page and um, Grace Town. And through faithful circumstance as they're both kind of writers and they start to kind of play off ideas and emotion off each other slowly through the film and the film develops in a very slow methodical way through just uh, um, organic uh, conversations you feel and breathe their conversations because it just feels realistic it's very simple it's just done in a way where there's no overly dramatic sequences there's no forced um um typical teenage 20 tropes you're just watching as this relationship kind of unfolds through the senior year they have highs and lows um you learn a little bit about uh, grace town's past because she's a transfer student from another high school because of a, a tragic incident and because of that it leads to the highs and lows that you can find in any kind of um a teenage story 
um, watching this film, I felt like I was watching my own high school years, just because I, f I could feel the highs and lows that this, um, this uh, kid was going through. Because he's experienced love for the first time and he doesn't know how to handle it, where the opposite reaction with Gracetown, she has had kind of a relationship. And she's just kind of trying to find her weeds of uh, rebounding from that. So it's kind of a clash of emotions and ups and downs throughout the way. But it's a fun and loving story and it's very touching because it pulls out your heartstrings when it comes to certain revelations and certain things that they learn about themselves by the end. So overall, it was a fun-filled journey. Um, very simple, doesn't stray away from the typical coming-of-age formula, but sometimes you just need something small and simple to get you through the day. Take it away, Scoop. This movie is is a little slow. Uh, let's let's not beat around the bush on that one. No, nope. it's not like yeah. uh, ones we've seen like the rom-coms of the '90s. Nope. With uh, Freddie Perez, Julia Stiles, Rachel Lee Cook, all them. It's not like those. This one's a little more real. And I think uh, one of the things that's most real about it is the fact that they're not, they, they actually, without giving away too much, this one actually deals with grief and managing grief as well as all of the drama that comes around with high school and teenagers moving out of moving into adolescence so this one really felt kind of fun in that sense it felt very in touch with the current time so to speak but i think the thing i appreciate most is instead of some fictitious valley type drama this feels more like an or this feels more like it's a small town america kind of deal and it deals with with like one of the characters has to deal with grief and the way they deal with grief and then how dealing with grief can sometimes affect new relationships or new uh beginnings so to speak and the movie doesn't end the way you think it does, but it's a, it was fun. It was it's a nice background thing. Like I put it up, 90 minutes done. You're good. It was just one of those. It was like okay, this is yeah. this, it's very chill. Yeah, that's the one thing I appreciated of is that it, it it kept it simple. It didn't try to fill it in. You focused on mainly the two characters, and like you said, that the idea of grief, it wasn't force fed. It wasn't, it wasn't, you know, Hollywood styled up. It was, it was just, just the typical kind of grief that anybody would go through when it's a combination of your last year of high school, your first kind of romance, and, you know, the unknown of the future afterwards. So it kind of, you know, pushes all that amalgamation into one and just keeps it chill. It doesn't try to envelope itself in being more than what it is. So... So what did you give this one on the scale? Um, on a scale of one to five, I gave it, I gave it a three out of five. Um, I think it's a very good film. Um, it's not not one of the better coming of age films, but it's not one of the bad ones. It kind of just it just dances that middle ground. So it's one, it's a, it's definitely one I would recommend anybody that's a fan of these kind of films. Yeah, this one's all character driven. There's yep. not a lot of special effects or anything like that, and it's real. It's a real story, which I really appreciate. Alrighty. 
We are cruising right along. Check it out. You have Amazon Prime. It's up there for free. Okay. So, what we got next is uh, got a couple of couple of things. Like, uh, of course, next is our segment, State of Game, where we talk about games we're playing. Uh, I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking D&D because I'm going to try and save that for the Sunday morning, but I may touch on a few things here. Um, but of course, first and foremost, we talk about video games, which is something that Rye does, Rye does in his time, and I occasionally get into some games. But uh, Rye, why don't you take it away? Tell us what you were playing just before you came over. Just before I came over. So this is fresh, hot, hot off the presses. Um, so there was a game that I mentioned that I wanted to get into, and I noticed some some people in in our uh, in our in our sphere of the Scoop and the Rye community have also played into it, and it's a game called Genshin Impact. It's one that recently just dropped. Um, it's on multiple different platforms: Microsoft Windows, Android, iOS, Switch to be determined. But I downloaded it on the PS4. To play it on the PS4. So it's an action role-playing game. It's an open-world action role-playing game, and it and it's a very um, it combines anime with like cell shaded kind of deal, and the exploration is in the vein of like Zelda Breath of the Wild. So you can walk, climb, swim, glide, do everything and anywhere at any given time, and it focuses on this world called Tevat and you play as these characters that are able to control the elements so you're playing through a storyline where you're unlocking these elements um but also at the same time you will be able to unlock 24 additional characters throughout the story um so my f initial impressions because i played two hours before i came in here um i i love the world it's very colorful very bright um you definitely you can see a lot of it's you can see the possibilities are endless when it comes to customization everywhere from skills to um, um, weapons um, to the character dynamics you can use um, so far it's been you know fun not too heavy um, I've unlocked only a few things so I know there's more things to unlock and just just the this I'm getting the same feeling I got with Ghost of Tsushima just in a different way where Ghost of Tsushima felt real and realistic and very you know emotional impact this one feels more like a fun adventure um, magic a fantasy um, and definitely is one that I'm going to play until cyberpunk comes out so more to come well uh, speaking of games that are kind of fun and silly I uh Sunday I started playing uh, Grounded, uh, which is uh, it was announced uh, recently this year for Microsoft and put out on the Xbox uh, Game Pass in early release. And this is essentially Honey I Shrunk the Kids. Um, the whole the whole thing, whole thing with you've been shrunk and you have to try and survive in the in the yard. And it's cool. It's a survival crafter thing. I mean, if you've played Ark, you've played or anything like that, this kind of has a lot of those same vibes. It's just as well as the fact that, oh, hey, you know, now we're about the size of, you know, an insect. So ladybugs are huge. Um, mites and whatnot are dangerous. It's just, it's wild. Uh, got a little, little bit into it. Uh, really kind of liking that, but I have a feeling it's going to sit in virtual purgatory. <laughs> Only because I down uh, today I picked up early my early access uh -oh. copy of 
Baldur's Gate 3. So this Sunday, and probably for the foreseeable Sundays, is going to be Baldur's Gate 3 while we drink coffee and chit-chat. <laughs> I might have to peek in when you're playing, but... So excited I'm for going. this one! I, I I booted it up today just to kind of get through the first little bits, and it's so pretty. And I'm only on a 980 graphics card, so if mm -hmm. I had like the uh, 1080 or 1660 or uh, 2080, I mean, oh, that game looks so pretty already. Can't wait! <laughs> I just can't wait. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm. That game looks like it's definitely gonna be fun. Yep, I am. Uh, I'm uh, gonna be playing that on stream, so if you can't get access to it, that's fine. I think we'll probably do uh, votes and whatnot in the chat while we play the game and see how the story goes. But I'm going to resist playing it until Sunday, and that is what we will do on Sunday, is we will play Boulder's Gate 3 and just keep running through that because I'm so excited and I figured it'd be a fun thing to play because I'm do a lot of D&D related stuff and why not? It'll be my first pre-launch or at launch game I get to play on a stream so I feel kind of excited and proud of myself. <laughs> yeah. Uh... Okay, uh, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited to see this game in action. I will definitely pique an interest between the school work here and there. But mm -hmm. definitely, I'm definitely curious to see what this game is all about. A lot of pain. A <laughs> lot of pain. I'll go and enjoy my fun pain with Genshin. Yep. I also did a little bit more Spearfarer, but I think I'm at the point with Spearfarer that it's kind of like if I'm not there to chill, game gets kind of it's getting kind of slow for me, and that's there. There is another game I might get. Oh, yeah, that game. Which is that game? Hades. Yes. Uh, just off the recommendation of someone else. And from what I saw, it definitely will get on my Switch at some point. Yes, totally. If you can, get a copy of Hades and play Hades. I unfortunately have a very limited budget, so I can't. So this is actually, I think, Boulder's Gate is the first full IP I have bought at full retail price in a very long time now. So, and I did it all for the community and for streaming to work, to connect with the community. So, yeah, it's business expense at this point. You <laughs> should be a worthy investment. I'm hoping game. so. Yeah. I am so hoping so. Hopefully I'm not going to be too saturated in the too much saturation for, for playing. But we'll see what's up. Um, aside from that, we have... ZND games over the weekend. We had Twilight's Gleaming. We had Challenge, which is Saturday, Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. Uh, that party. I could deep dive more on this on Sunday where we get a little for whatnot if you want. But uh, just in general, the party went back to the Shadowfell. They're working through the books and they decided, hey, let's make this, un this fortress our home. So they're working through and clearing it out. They uh, encountered a few shadows. And uh, yeah, it wasn't great. A um, couple of party did get uh, did start to see the, uh, the 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 aspect of death, but they didn't get there. <laughs> everybody survived. A little weak, a little weary, but everybody survived. Practical jokes were played. Tunneling was made. It was good times. 
Um, challenge accepted, on the other hand, was a little more. It was it was something else too. They had uh, went to do this patrol area, uh, found a clockwork type golem, and decided to try and follow that. And then came across uh, uh, an ambush. They survived the ambush. Unfortunately, they didn't save the third victim, so now they're trying to figure it out. And they went to this tailor shop to try and identify uh, this clue they found. And it was like, I don't want to give players answers. And with these games, I'm trying very hard to be pretty much, you know, <laughs> you've got to ask the right question to get an answer. And sometimes they don't ask the right questions. Yeah, that's the right one. But they did do something funny. The uh, this was clipped and put up, but um, it was asking about anyone who bought one of these cloaks that this piece of fabric goes to, and the shopkeeper's like, "Okay, why are you so interested?" And it's like, "Well, he something happened last night, and he ripped his cloak, and we wanna." We want to pay for the repairs of the cloak. So if he comes in, will you let us know? And I'm thinking, wow, y'all are good Samaritans. The guy attacks you, runs away, and you want to pay for his dry cleaning. <laughs> but I guess that works. <laughs> oh, it wasn't just Sip that almost got it. <laughs> Couple of those, uh, obsidian also got a little close to death. So, yep, the opposite of murder hobos. Which, yeah, it's refreshing. <laughs> I mean, these guys are doing an investigation. They built those characters expecting one thing, and now they're in a situation that's not quite what they expected. But of course, as usual, Pearl ceases to disappoint in the shenanigans. And I think one of my players needs a new set of dice. Because the amount of nat ones on that session was mind-boggling. Statistically mind-boggling. <laughs> Statistically mind-boggling. And then, of course, the mod game on Sunday. That was a hot mess of chaos. And I was just there enjoying the ride. Well, that's a good discussion. Yeah. So let's talk about that. What did you think of your first time playing D&D? Uh, my first time playing D&D, &D, um, I'll reiterate one of the things I said is that it felt it felt like a, a refreshing return back home when it comes to, you know, playing with a group of people. It felt like I was returning back to my good old days when I was raiding in Lord of the Rings online. You had a group of people that you were going with and you were just, you know, um, talk, you know talking, you know, all the talk and walking all the walk. You know the bantering and all the stuff while you're also you know you'll be bantering bantering like spam 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 and then bantering 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 yeah that's what it felt there was a communal communal you know kind of thing and i like that you know there wasn't you know a way to you know just chastise people it was uh okay let's do this and then do something funny do something just completely left field like wwe body slamming everywhere so you know yeah i had fun that's what it felt like it just felt like coming home felt like I was playing my lore master again just nice. in a different form that's awesome see that that right there is probably a really great recommendation really great uh, what's the word I'm looking for uh, endorsement on playing the game because yeah. 
You can, it, it, it could have totally gone another way, but I think overall, though, the group as a whole, I mean, yeah, Shadow Mains and I play once a month. Um, Rasputin and I play three times a month. Um, Mayflower hadn't played in over a year. Uh, Saladin and I play once a month, and this was your first time, so I had a nice mix of experience and stories and conversation, and again, it was one of those is like... Yeah, once I got familiar with looking at the sheet, I, I started to it started to click. Yes. Yeah. It's like it's like anything. It's like playing any new game. You got to get familiar with all the stats, and once you do, go. Yeah. Once you once you get through some of that, like most people for their first one, first time, it's recommending something that's a little simple, like a fighter or not. But yeah, spellcasters they could they could take a little bit to learn. Yeah. But. I think you did great. I granted, yeah, I helped you with uh, some ta some options for how to do X for some uh, things to do. But overall, I'd say it was great. Um, ran a little long. I mean, the module is only supposed to be an hour, and I had scaled it thinking that you know, because knowing the players that were going to be in that game, I knew that okay, they'll min max, they'll stack their characters for X, Y, and Z. <laughs> I got to prepare for that. In no way was I really expecting it to go be that day. I wanted an element of danger, but I didn't want anyone to die. <laughs> ah, that's the theme song of D&D. <laughs> well, unlike some... I'm not going to go there. That would be bad form, and I'm not doing that. But the fact that it was originally supposed to be a set of four wolves, but then again, the, the module's geared for level one characters. I let you guys be level three for this, so I scaled the module to level three, which means the wolves became dire wolves, the pack leader became a winter wolf, and <laughs> you know, seeing how it goes. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was uh, it was loads of fun. But yeah, that was that was a great game. Um, I don't think I've laughed that hard in so long, and I had a whole weekend of laughing, mind you, going into this game. Yeah, you. There was there were some like epic laugh out loud moments in that game. I <laughs> actually able to bring in someone who I played offline with for a dec over a decade, and be like, "All right, we're gonna do." I mean, and the the, the just the over a decade playing with this guy, and we talk stories and stories. Um, <laughs> and some of the craziness that goes on with the others and i was like oh yeah and we talked about the infamous bear former and i mean that is a that is a thing at my table that's been going around for years because i was sitting there when he did it <laughs> the first time <laughs> that was an interesting story to hear actually mayflower yes it is that is a level one uh when you come in there for a level one party it should be four wolves if the party is a little bit strong, depending on how many people are in it, you could bring it up to five wolves or make one of the wolves a dire wolf. That's what it recommends in the module. It's called Ice Road Trackers. Um, there's four parts to the whole thing, uh, which you could do all four in a, in a full session, depending on how it goes. But I, it's, you, have to, you, have to scale for the, you have to scale for the party because if it's too easy, the party's not going to do much. And to be fair, one of the one of the encounters was actually very simple compared to the other three. And it was just a matter of, okay, which one to pick. And I like the idea of having the part having the chat 
kind of vote on which one of the four choices they were going to make. Yeah. That was really kind of cool. See, that was uh, probably not intentional, but again, I wasn't going to let anyone really die, and I should have made sure I brought up a few things prior, like uh, making sure you had your healing potions and all that offset because there was no healer in the party. But that's okay. Nobody died. Everybody had fun. Everybody had great laughs, and you succeeded in the adventure. So it's all good. But yeah. Fun times. Yes. Alrighty. So, we've got a couple of news things to chitty chat about. About the sitting in our uh, fireside scuba and rye chats. Oh, yeah. This is always fun. Oh, yeah. These are some interesting ones. Yeah, we're going to touch on. Um, this is an interesting one you found. Um, you know, with all of the stuff with streaming services and things like that, we look at the fact that, you know, Netflix puts out a ton of shows. Lots and lots of stuff. But they sure. never seem to last long. And I always kind of wonder, okay, why is it only a couple of seasons? Granted, yes, there are things like the Marvel stuff, which, you know, Marvel moved over in this direction. And it was quietly kind of with Disney Plus coming out. And it was like, okay. And then there are other shows like Stranger Things, which are a complete breakout hit. But then there are a lot of other ones that only last one or two seasons. Well, interesting article we found in the list for the cancellation shows is it actually goes into why Netflix decides to cancel series. And a couple of different things with that. The first one being that Netflix bases, when Netflix releases a series or a season for a series, they watch all the metrics for the first month. The first month will make or break. They look at two different data points. The first one being how many people watch the first episode and how many people watch the entire season. And then based on those metrics will be whether or not they continue to green light another season. Uh, another factor goes into that is Netflix will, Netflix will typically pay an additional 30% on the top right at the, right at the outset of production, like if the production cost is one hundred is 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 a million dollars, they'll do one point three million to uh, uh, to pay for it to give them an extra thirty percent increase. Um, and then okay, and then it's also typically if the show if it's not doing well, they realize that at, and this has been documented every time a TV show goes on, the longer it goes on, the more expensive per episode it costs to make between the actor salaries, the production costs, because you got to keep stepping up. You got to keep doing better than you did before. So they're going to keep doing that. When they do that, realizing that, okay, in order to go into a, thir a fourth, third, fourth, fifth, whatever season, there has to be that draw. And that the ex sometimes it's that cost where Netflix is like, eh, no, I'm good. So what they'll do is when a season... Uh, Show comes out first season, boom, does well. They'll agree, they'll do for a second season. If that second or third season has not demonstrated any growth in popularity, axed straight up. 
Fry, what do you want to toss in on that? Um, it's an interesting uh, dynamic to throw in when you read this article. It does bring some revelations to you. Like, we'll see shockers like, oh my goodness, they canceled uh, Alter Carbon, or they canceled Sabrina, or they, they canceled uh, um, a series I liked and was kind of shocked they canceled it. It was uh, Marco, Marco Polo. But then when you look at look at how their strategy is, it makes sense and it makes it makes sense, especially now where they're constantly releasing new material like almost every week. There's like two or three new series. Not on top of that, they're also investing into uh, like movies like big recognizable movies like this just this year they had you know spike lee's uh the five bloods come out in june they have another big acclaimed movie coming out this month called the trial of the chicago seven and then they have a david fincher movie coming out not too long after that and then not to mention you have martin scorsese dropping uh, the irishman which got a lot of accolades last year so um watching them shift into um a lot more um more content uh shifting international like bringing in a lot of like k-dramas a lot of shows from europe and africa and australia um and the show that I, I'm watching recently, that's a Netflix original from Australia called Tales by Light, which focuses on photographers that travel around the world. Um, you can see why they are dead set on making sure that the viability of product is against these metrics. Because if people aren't watching and people aren't continually to watch going forward, it does... Um, uh, there's a cost efficiency in that, especially when you pointed out that 30% um, right off the top. Because, you know, they throw in um, big money to certain individuals like Adam Sandler um, get, got $275 million for his next four movies. And then Chris Rock got $40 million for two specials. Not to mention, you know, other comedians like Dave Chappelle and recently Joe Coy. Um, they, they are willing to gamble, but only gamble to um, uh, long as the leash can go. So even when you might like a show, even if it's popular, even if the writing is great, if it's not hitting that mark with uh, what they call the starters, that first episode, the completers, like me, if I complete a series, or the watchers, the total number of subscribers for the shows, it, they're going to axe it regardless. Um, so popular series aren't going to last long, especially with Netflix continually to grow and expand and pull in new IPs. So, Yeah, so, I mean, that interesting it no, is. I didn't, wasn't, when you sit there and look at it I mean we love certain shows and some shows they just again this is it's the business side of this oh yeah so and it's probably Netflix ain't probably the only one that uses a model like this Hulu might uh, HBO might um, NBC might with their new Peacock service so when you have them to do a streaming service yeah. where they'll drop the whole season at once yeah because it's I mean literally you drop the season at once and then you made, I mean, whereas they were, they were talking about exploring the whole weekly episode or episode, weekly release thing where they would release an episode every week and see how that goes. It's like, maybe we'll see how this goes. Why don't oh, yeah. you take lead on the next one? Okay. On the next one. Well, the next big article, big uh, scuba and rye fire chat discussion is going to be focused on. Uh, the movie theaters and it's been a continual thing that we have been talking about uh, is the movie theaters and how the effect of the COVID pandemic has had on theaters and this recent article um, 
this recent article goes into um, how uh, Regal Cinemas, one of the major uh, chains in, in, in America behind AMC and just ahead of Cinemark, um, are going to close all their theaters temporarily again in America. Not only America, but the UK. Um, this comes on the light of um, No Time to Die, the latest James Bond movie, getting postponed into next year. Um, so they're basing their decisions on this, and they're closing um, all the theaters in the United States and UK, which are affecting um, a close to 5,500 employees in the UK and upwards to 28,000 employees in the United States. Um, this is a big blow to the theater chains, and also, not to mention, it's also a big blow to um, the smaller chains. Case in point, we have a lot of smaller chains around here, aka one that we frequent sometimes, the Cinema Cafe. And one of the things that was pointed out by the, the um, leader of NATO, which is the theater chain or association, which, quote, um, this week should the industry have to wait until a vaccine is introduced, most chains will be forced to go out of business. So, seeing as one of the top tier, um, top tier theater chains having to close again, just because uh, the 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 movie studios keep pushing their movies back, it's going to it's it's going to come to a point where it is going to effectively change the movie experience next year it's going to happen because the thing is is that the theater chains need these blockbusters to bring people in and the the, the movie studios with how the fallout of tenant and mulan is need the theaters so it goes co uh, co goes hand in hand so with the constant pushing back it's going to they're going to have to figure out a way to either keep theaters afloat or find a different model that'll work for both of them or what you're going to find out is new businesses are going to open. Yep. Because the old ones could not survive. I mean, we all don't want to see a situation like in Demolition Man, where the only restaurant to survive the franchise wars was Taco Bell's, and now the only <laughs> restaurant you can eat at is a Taco Bell. But this is funny. It's sad and funny at the same time. It's funny because... The studios want to make sure they're making money off the theater, off the films. The only way we're going to make money off the films is if it's a good a good environment for the films to be out so people can go to the theater. Unfortunately, the only way to get to the theater is if the theaters are open. But if the theaters can't stay open because there isn't a movie for nine months or longer, it's going to be hard for the studios. It's almost an Ouroboros-type situation where it's like... You're, you're just screwed one way or the other as you look at it. Now, what's sad is the communication on this. Now, here's the communication. The media announced this closure. And that's how the employees found out. Yeah, that's kind they of scary. They didn't find out from their internal management. There was no memo released to the employees that said, hey, this is going to happen. It's, oh, we're on national media. We're tweeting about it. We're going to close. And it's like, wait, what? So, yeah, it's it's why? Yeah, it's interesting. And it's a, it's a double-fold a fold approach. And it's more so is that the theater chains... Um, they will probably be making a little bit more money or be able to stay afloat even without the big blockbusters if the, one of the two major markets was open for, for the movie industry, and that would be L.A. and New York. 
Um, that is the one thing that has been consistent throughout all these uh, reportings is that even though the theater chains are opening up, you know, with restrictions, they have said constantly if they don't have the major markets open, they can't stay open the way that they have the model right now. It's just one of those two has to open up at some point for them to even be sustainable to make a profit being open even if they don't have blockbusters because the one good thing that this is doing is that with all these blockbusters being pushed it's allowing the theaters to play more indie smaller films playing movies that you might not even heard of not not even notice of but it you know gives a, a more broader array of films instead of the typical um you know comic book action movie uh a horror movie that you would see you'll see these character driven movies aka chemical hearts on the big screen um speaking of that did you hear about the did you hear about alita alita did you hear about alita what no i didn't what this is this is this is a benefit for this is where twitter is a double-edged sword okay alita battle angel uh <laughs> couple years ago came out in theaters uh <laughs> had some stiff competition when it came out it didn't so, do so well in theaters but it was a really good film oh yeah well there was a viral marketing campaign via twitter to get alita back in theaters to partake on the big screen and it looks like it worked so you know this could be this this could be an opportunity too for movies that actually are really good, or actually really or are good, not necessarily really good, but are good, but they were released in the shadow oh, of yeah. like the Marvel monster. Oh yeah, so that that's where the, there that's where the positivity r lies in is that all these other movies that might not have done good the first time around, or smaller films that might get you know one theater showing in a day will be able to get more showing so when people are uh, skimming through their app trying to find a movie watch oh what's this you know look it up and all that stuff and then go out and see but on the plus side even though regal is closing their theaters um on abc news uh, on the abc news article uh amc is reopening even more of their theaters um put making a significant push so they can um open up the screens to show all these other films out there so you know it's a plus and minus and we'll see what happens but it is going to change it's it, it's going to change in some capacity well hopefully next year will be a better time for the theaters if not hopefully there'll be more stuff coming to premium to video on demand balance it out yeah we're gonna balance it out i mean this is how we're consuming media and it looks like there are areas things that are flaring up and people are closing back down again <sighs> this is gonna be a rough winter that's right chelly uh if there's a beer looking check it out on my website rivyviews.com nice thank you mr chile lots of reviews on there yeah, all righty so Let's talk about some animals. The odds. Animals, 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 animals. The odds of the growl, the ends of the barks. Yep. So our odds and ends. We got some animal stories. We got three animal stories we're going to talk about. Uh, could talk about the Amazon biometric scanners they want to install. We could talk about Microsoft Flight Simulator having a big gaping void in Brazil. We could talk about... Uh, the Power Rangers D&D &D module, but no, we're going to talk about animals, because animals are cool. 
Oh yeah, um, um, shark infestant cool, maybe. Spoiler, spoiler, we're going to talk about that first one. Dun, dun. We are going to talk about Nagomi. Um, there's an expedition going on, going on right now off, this, off the coast of Nova Scotia. Uh, it's with the O-Rich. Overreach, which is uh, basically like an amalgamation of ocean research. You can check them out at www.ocearch.org. Um, well, in their studies, they're tracking and trying to tag various uh, wildlife, mostly sharks, to kind of learn some more information about them. Well, they happen to come across a gem of the ocean, or as they call it, a true matriarch. This uh, wonderful creature we see is the recently uh, tagged white shark Nagumi, which is means old grandmother. It's from a Native American, the Makumi people. They're a culture of Native Americans that live predominantly in Nova Scotia off of Canada. This uh, white shark is a mature female who is believed to be in excess of 50 years old. Her, her story is just mind-boggling. That's the amount of scars and patches and just some of these things that are going on. It's like, this is really cool. Now, the website's really cool because you can actually go to their website and check it out and watch all of these tags and like a Google Earth thing so you can see what sharks are where and what their tags are saying. But um, this is cool. If you check them out on their Facebook page um, for uh, the, again, checking out their social they've been doing live casts every day out there and they did a cast when they when they brought this this uh this distinguished lady on board to uh, get measurements and tagging and so it's a story to tell i mean the fact she's a mature female and the fact that she's in the fit she's at least 50 years old they're talking about how there are six skill sharks that are there are six skill sharks that have been around since the civil war at the bottom of the ocean they've lived that long I mean, this is just cool. Yeah, it's uh, it it just it just it just uh, you know opens your eyes to the things that can be uh, swimming in the deep, the unknowns. Yeah, and the thing is though, it's really nice to see sharks this old because a lot of the larger sharks were hunted out for sport fishing or considered to be a threat. And now it's like to see the big sharks. I mean, she's 17 feet long. She's very distinguished. And you know, if, if, to just try to figure out how all the all the tale that she could tell, or all the tales that ocean life can tell us when they get to this age, because with all the fishing and everything else we see in the world, I mean, it's hard to picture animals this old. Oh yeah, grandmama shark. Don't piss grandmama, grandmama off. She's she old enough to be a grandmother. I mean, that is wild. Very wild. But yeah. Uh, again, the website is O-C-E-A-R-C-H dot org. Go check it out. You can see all the various tags they got. They got white sharks, blue sharks, makos. Even got a, even got a whale, some sailfish, um, turtles. Wow, the sea turtles are tracking. So, hey, see what's living off the uh, ocean ocean near where you live. But, there so might be a few. But yeah, this was. She's really cool. I really like. I really got a good feel for that because I'm. I always love. I always love sharks and nature and all that kinds of things. 
But now we're gonna go from the top of the ocean to the backyard. And we're gonna talk about honeybees now. Bees, buzz, buzz, buzz. I love them bees, bee, bee, bees. Sorry, I'm not cool enough to have clips bzz, of the bee bzz, movie bzz, to go with this bzz, joke. Bzz, bzz, but actually, this is not a joke. This is a recent report from the Department of Agriculture. Now, some of a lot of us have heard about how bee populations have been dwindling. Uh, sudden deaths of various colonies. There's a lot of concern because of the fact honeybee uh, bees in general do a lot of uh, ecosystem maintenance. Um. But over the last few years, we've seen a lot of death, uh, a lot of colonies die and fall apart. Well, this story actually talks about how they're on the rebound, uh, specifically um, reporting that in, in Maine, uh, Oklahoma, Maine and Oklahoma, for, uh, for instance, they've had uh, extreme growth. Like Oklahoma is reporting a 69% growth in the number of bee colonies that there are. Maine was uh, cited at having a 73% growth in bee colonies in, in the state of Maine, which is really great. Um, comparatively, we have California and Florida, which California has a population of one million of at least a million colonies, and uh, Florida has about 250,000 colonies. Well, they've been seeing a steady decline, and these are the biggest areas for bee colonies. So. Overall, the report cites that nationwide, there's been a 14% growth in the number of bee colonies over the last two years, which is a positive thing because everybody was so concerned about the bee populations. In fact, I've got a gas station that's like a, not too far from here. It's, a, it's, it's what I free, used to frequent a lot, but they actually have signs because there was a honeybee colony nearby <laughs> And the bees were attracted to the trash cans because of all the sugary soda. Sugar, sugar, sugar. So they were so attracted to the sugary soda, and they're, they're messing with that, that they actually had to put signs. Honeybees are a federally uh, protected species. We can't kill them. We just have to deal with them. Yeah. They don't really harm you. You just gotta just let them be, people. Let them be. When I started doing honey for a sweetener in the house, because honey, especially if you can get locally sourced honey for your coffee sweetener and stuff, is good if you are prone to allergies. I heard, remember hearing somewhere is if you're good, it's good for those who are prone to allergies, especially if you can get locally sourced honey, because it's going to have all of the local pollens to help <laughs> build up your um, your acclimatization to them, so to speak. So. It's always good to hear about this, and of course, you know, this is a species that is just so fragile in the ecosystem. Yeah, this definitely is a great thing to see um, that the bee population is gr is growing back because they are. Some people just don't, you know, don't realize the fact. They either just forget what they learn in science or whatnot, but they are a very basic foundation to the natural ecosystem of things since they do uh, heavy, heavy pollination between you know plants and animals and all the different kind of things so but you know researchers are still worried what they call colony collapse disorder so they're hoping that this can fight against that um and keep uh, keep hope alive we need that honey we need them bees yeah Ms. K, that's a good point over there in europe 
having those evasive species of aggressive hornets and stuff. It's like the whole evasive species thing. Cause, <laughs> man, people sure know how to screw something up. Ooh, this is a pretty animal. I'm going to take it out of its environment, put it in an environment that had no And idea. then the collapse of the, the whole nation. I don't think it's going to happen more than just uh, the evasive species. But hey, speaking of exotic animal, animal pets. Speaking. Emphasis on speaking, too. Let's talk about this one. Now, people like to have very strange pets from time to time. And, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever makes you feel good, right? If you, but... One of the things you notice is like the exotic pet sometimes or, you know, may seem really cool or whatnot, but then you realize, then, then in situations like this mm. pandemic where you realize, okay, I'm really doing this animal a disservice now that I've spent 24-7 around it for three months. I want it to have a better place to live. So I'm going to donate it to the local zoo or animal shelter or wildlife sanctuary, things like that. All I've got to say is that's great. But treat, please try to remember, if you teach your pet any bad habits, it might come back to haunt you. In this instance, uh, over in that in the Lincoln, Lincolnshire Wildlife Park in eastern England, a group of five gray African gray parrots was donated to the shelter. Yes, they were. A required quarantine period, which they all spent together, they were put on display for, for people to see, which was great until the birds started swearing at each other and swearing at the guests. <laughs> Full on F-bombs and everything else to each other and to the guests. Yes, these And the guests... Carrots. <laughs> you know, they gave it back as as good as they got it. However, the prisoner felt that this probably isn't going to be a good thing for younger audience members. Mm -hmm. So they pulled the birds back, split the birds up, and hopefully this will cure them of their bad language. But they they were citing the fact that because people have been home for the pandemic and everything, they're realizing they want to do better for these birds and, and donate them to the shelters. They used to only get like one or two birds a month, maybe. In a, in a 10 day period, they get like eight at a time. Now, while that's boggling in and of itself, here's another stat that'll boggle the mind. And that is the fact that the African gray parrot is one of the most popular parrots to have as a pet. And they don't have that stat. I can pull it up real quick. Wait. Well, I just want to get this last one to really kind of give an emphasis on it. African grays are the most popular species of parrot. There's around 1.1 million in the UK as pets. And people are starting to donate them to the local shelters and stuff like that. But I gotta say, you gotta watch them habits. Yeah, and parrots like to pick up on the habits. And these five parrots go by the names of Eric, Jade, as as Elsie, Tyson, and Millie were, you know, cursing up a storm at every passerby. As one person quoted, uh, quote, I get called a fat 
something every time I walk past, end quote. So, yeah, it feels like you're walking past a, high, a group of high schoolers in the mall, but you turn around and you just see a bunch of parrots at the zoo swearing you off. So, there you go, people. That's a good time at the at the zoo. You know, you bring your five-year-old, you're going to see the cheetahs and the lions, and, oh, the birds are nice, until the bird looks at your kid and calls him a... Yeah. There you go. Yeah, that can't... That there's a there, there there's a small small window of uh, of funny and then after that it's like wow and the funny that i'll end on the quote for this article and what uh nickel said in this article is quote to take in a swearing parrot isn't an unusual thing it's something that happens probably three or four times a year <laughs> yet in this case they got five in one shot yeah you know they, they hit the jackpot there they can go on a comedy tour, people. I got nothing on that one. I've got nothing. Parrot Collar Comedy Tour. Sponsored by Jeff Foxworthy. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I want to meet these parrots now. You know, I will literally fly over to England to meet these parrots. So, what is this, the globetrotting tour? We're going to fly to England to talk to the swearing parrots. Get exclusive interview Tokyo for the podcast. The Godzilla Museum and yep. the Evangelion Museum and the yep. Mario theme park. Oh, yeah. And then uh, go and try to find that gaping hole in Brazil. Virtually. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. If you... The, the Microsoft uh, Flight Simulator, the latest game, there's this airport in Brazil that's on the map. For some reason, there's a glitch in the game towards this giant chasm that's just as wide as the airfield. Yes. And you can actually fly down to it, but getting out is next to impossible because you've got to almost go completely vertical. And you're, you're flying a plane, not a rocket. Every time I see that Flight Simulator game, I want to play it. For some reason, I don't always want to play simulators, but for some reason, that makes me want to go and play it. It's not bad. It's not bad at all. Is it on the Game Pass, or is there a version of it on Game Pass? I believe so. I believe it is. I'm going to have to download it. Alrighty, so... Real quick, run through our activity feed. We got a lot of people doing lots of things. Let's see, Sakura, thank you for the bits. Zip, thank you for the bits. <laughs> Jasfo, thank you for the three-month sub. Much appreciated. And of thank course, you, a big you. shout out and a thank you to Realmsmith you. for the raid and the host. You guys are awesome. I love y'all. Um, Reginald, 17, thank you for the follow. Bernardo, thank you for the follow. And Ruby, thank you for the follow. You guys are awesome and amazing. Much appreciated. Also, a thank you to Dish Pickle from a couple days ago. The bits you cheered. And Saladin, thank you for the four-month sub. That goes through those alerts. Trying to be good about reading my alerts and going through those things. So, who's down to making a trip and meet these swearing parrots? Who's going to chip in some planning tickets? Let's do I it. You, but I bet you, you could probably find the same thing in the U.S. Yeah, the but worst part is, is it's not as you it's can, not as funny. You can combine it with you know going to the the Scotland, you know going to Scotland, going up into the the hills, Loch Ness, Buckingham Palace, and then swearing parrots. Just imagine that, Big Ben, Buckingham Palace, you know, drink at a nice coffee shop in London, and then swearing parrots. No. Yep. They probably do, based on the comments that they make. 
I'm sure it is. I'm and then we know oh. we know the favorite word that English that English speaking individuals like to use when they swear. So yep, that probably was said a lot. Uh, well, I, I guess uh, if if one of them is speaking like butcher, it might be kind of funny. Yeah, that's a whole that's a whole another kind of funny, but that's a that's a conversation for another day. Yes, but I think we've actually made good time, and we're uh, about wrapped up for the night. Yeah, we did it. We did it. We blazed through. You know, we kept it simple. Through. It was a nice, quiet, calm kind of deal. Again, thank you oh. to the community. Thank you for the follows and thank the supports you. and the subs. If you have Amazon Prime and you get a, you, if you have Amazon Prime and you're not aware, you get a monthly subscription you can give to any uh, Twitch channel. You have to renew it each month though; it doesn't stay forever. Um, so if you if you feel we're worth <laughs> the support, by all means, give us the support. Uh, man. Yes, please respect the PG rating. I, Please, please. We uh -huh. want to be a family-friendly show. We respect the PG rating. These parrots don't. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Because for them, they're just repeating something they heard because they mimic. You know, you know. Maybe, maybe one of their owners was Butcher. No, no. I'm actually worried about the day they get around Plunk Rock. That could be bad. I would like to see them parrots jam to some, you know, um, some uh, hardcore punk rock. Nah, nah, I need to jam to the Backstreet Boys. Everybody, yeah. Rock your body, yeah. Everybody, rock your body, right? Backstreet's back, alright. I think I'm gonna pull up the video and watch it now. Just because it's. Oh yes, I did, Achelli, and once I ha a squeeze in time to watch them, I will squeeze them in. Um, oh, speaking of anime, I started watching the new season of SAO. About halfway through it now. <laughs> Actually really enjoying it. It's on Netflix. Season, um, season three, right? Yep. And it's the one where um, he's in um, the underworld? Yes. Okay. You're going to love that... that uh, Trust me, you're gonna love that because I'm, I. I'm, I think I'm. I think I've got like six episodes left, and I'm done. I've been binging it the last okay. couple of days. There is there is another half to yes, uh, to Alization. Yeah, there is another half. Uh, War of the Underworld is the other half. So. Um, no, I don't think I'm gonna get that far. I'm mm -mm. gonna get through the first 25 yeah. episodes, and then it'll be done. Waiting for the second half. Oh yeah, um, trust me. Yeah, I I like the full Alization arc from beginning to end so it was great it was a great way to cap it off yeah totally enjoyed it um but yeah so let's see what do we got we got all of our fun fun adventures this week saturday of course is going to be another episodes of twilight's gleaming at 10 a.m eastern followed with challenge accepted at 8 p.m eastern and then on Sunday, more uh, Sunday with Scoob, and this week we're going to do Boulder's Gate. We're going to start our run on Boulder's Gate 3, as well as just trying to chit-chat, and I'm going to have some, trying to have some good notes to do deep dive in the D&D &D sessions and just talk and hang out and drink coffee. Um, yep, is it Saturday yet? <laughs> actually, it feels kind of, feels good saying, is it Saturday yet? I might actually start doing that. 
So the third season drops January? Okay. Um, of uh, Log Horizon. It's another one that's in the vein of Sword Art Online. And I actually like Log Horizon a little bit more um, than Sword Art. But that might change because of this last arc of Sword Art. So. Yeah, I haven't brought myself to watch uh, Deadly Sin Seven Deadly Sins. I wasn't too thrilled with some of the stuff I heard. And um, if you uh, if you, if you are um, what is the other one? When it comes to me, it'll come to me. Um, let's hope so. It should. I don't know. Um, no, no, we're not going to recommend anything scary or horror. We may play some more Call of Cthulhu at some point. Oh, speaking of uh, speaking of horror, um, they announced today that they're rebooting the Resident Evil movie franchise and focusing on the first two games. Really? Yep, they've already cast Jill and uh, Claire. I didn't get to see who is producing and who's directing, but it's not going to be the original team, I believe. Guess we'll find out. Alrighty. Well, I guess with that, we will wish you wonderful people a great week. Remember to uh, wear your masks, stay safe, keep in touch with all your loved ones because we're still, you know, spending a lot of our time via remote. And uh, make sure that with the election coming up in a few short weeks, you have gotten out to register to vote and make sure you get out to vote. Um, thank you, everyone, for hanging out with this chat with us. And is it Saturday yet? Good night, it's everybody. Scoop and Ride 2020, vote.